Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, some trending news, and we love to talk about food content. Yeah. And every once in a while that includes us getting to watch a food-themed movie and then talking about it, and that's what we're doing in this episode. Honestly, starting to be my favorite types of podcasts we do. <laughs> I mean, it probably is the most fun research we get to do. <laughs> yeah, we just get to watch movies and shows. It's great. Yeah. And movies about food. It's like feel we feel so seen, you know? I sometimes. know. So Devin, which one did we watch this time? So this time we watched the movie Big Night, which stars Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoum, uh, Isabella Rossellini, Mini Driver, Mark Anthony, a very young <laughs> little Mark yeah. Anthony. Um, but first, this was kind of a recommendation from a patron, like a mm-hmm. follower, John, who mentioned it because I brought up Timpana, which is like a Maltese dish. There's an Italian version of it in the film in like a scene, a whole scene around it. And he brought it up. And then we were trying to think of him a movie to watch. And I was like, we both haven't seen this one. Let's watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and it just, it felt so different from any food movie we've talked about so far. Because I don't know about you, but like, I didn't really go into it thinking I'm going to learn a lot of food stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, me neither. You know, it was kind of just food appreciation. Yeah, to be honest, like, I didn't really know what to think of it, like what kind of movie it was going to be, because I had never heard of it until John had mentioned it in our comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just looking it up, I had no idea. But ultimately, like, it's not necessarily a movie about food. It's more about, like, a movie about restaurants and, like, mm-hmm. the business behind restaurants and, like, the hardships behind owning a restaurant, essentially. Yeah. And just, like, that there is an artistry to food within a restaurant too yeah yeah and that like i feel like that collision of business and art again which you see very clearly in the brothers relationship yeah yeah and so it was actually it was written or at least co-written by stanley tucci and directed by him i think yeah yeah and he did win some awards for screenplay like the movie did really well it's got high ratings all the way through and like I, I just also recently listened to an interview with Stanley Tucci on WTF with Mark Marin, And he like, he really is like that passionate about food. Well, he has a new food show too, doesn't yeah, he? he? Where yeah. he's in Italy, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's on CNN, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but yeah, he's got a whole new food show, which I like no idea that there was this side to Stanley Tucci that was just like this hardcore food lover. Yeah, and he's had, like, cookbooks before, and even, like, he's talking to Mark, like, what's your, your what's your comfort food? What do you do? Like, he's like, pasta. I can't stop eating pasta. It's always pasta. And he, like, describes all these pasta dishes, and both of them were just, like, talking about it the way that you and I would talk about food. Yeah. It's the best. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. He's our people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we both watched it last night, so it's <laughs> fresh in our minds. It's so fresh that, like, I had dreams about making food as passionately as Primo does in the movie. Right? I yeah. I will say, starting out, I love Primo so much. Me too. I think he is such a wonderful human being. I was really not expecting to hate Stanley Tucci's character, Secondo, so much. 
I know, <laughs> I know. So Primo and Secundo are the two brothers. So Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalom. They are the ones who, like, Primo is the main chef of the restaurant. And um, Secundo can also cook, but he mostly does, like, running the restaurant and the business side of the restaurant. So it's kind of about their whole struggle of keeping this restaurant alive as immigrants who it sounds like haven't been in america for very long like a year maybe i think by the end of the film you learn that it's been a couple years since they've opened the restaurant and i assume that's when they first came over to america yeah i assume yeah um but yeah so it's basically just about the struggle of like coming to america to kind like it's kind of like that whole american dream thing i think there's at one point in the film where he mentions he's like you know in italy you can only go so far but in america you can have everything um and it's kind of just like about business and art and food and relationships it's it's a very interesting it's i really enjoyed watching it that's what i was saying like i really really enjoyed the movie me too i came out of it thinking like i this is a movie i could see myself watching again yeah 100 percent I understand why it has so much positive uh, reviews and acclaim to it. Exactly, exactly. It's like emotionally well-balanced. It's funny. It's got good food stuff. Like it's got everything I need in a movie. Yeah. It's like a good balance of everything. Yeah. So it came out in 1996, but it is set in the 50s. So that kind of like paints the picture of what the restaurant industry and especially like different kinds of cuisines were like in america right like we kind of open and we get this impression that american patrons aren't really used to authentic italian cuisine yeah they want spaghetti and meatballs and that's about it (laughs) yeah whereas at the restaurant paradise you get your spaghetti but it doesn't come with meatballs yeah, I, I there was that one line. I wrote it down. Sometimes spaghetti likes to be alone. And oh I my god, yes. <laughs> I loved it so much. I was like, oh, this is so cute. I love it. <laughs> I wrote down that line too. <laughs> because these, uh, one of like the first scenes to give us a sense of what their restaurant is like and what their like feelings about food are like, you have this couple who has ordered risotto the woman has ordered risotto and the man has ordered some other kind of pasta dish it yeah. looks like and she's kind of looking at the dish like not really well, what my, is this my favorite i mean one of my favorites was this. she's like oh yours looks nice it comes with leaves i know <laughs> but there's like, like basil the leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so like you could kind you could, like it's it's an interesting movie and i mean i think it would be as interesting to watch when it had come out but it, it's, it's an interesting movie to watch now because you're like well, it's hard to believe that Italian food was ever, like, not mainstream here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's so interesting to see. But, like, see just, like, where she, like, talk, calls basil leaves. And, like, she doesn't know where the seafood is in her seafood risotto or whatever risotto was. <laughs> yeah. So she's, like, really confused about what she's ordered. So then they go on about, oh, maybe can I get some spaghetti on the side? And then it's like you can have the meatballs oh no it doesn't come with meatballs okay so we'll get a side of spaghetti and a side of meatballs to go with the risotto and uh secundo has to go back to the kitchen and tell primo about this yes and my like my favorite is because secundo tried to do it at the table as well but they're just like their battle between like it's both starches they're like the balance of food is like that doesn't make sense they're both starches (laughs) 
And then when uh, he has to go back and tell Secundo, it's Secundo is, or he has to go back and tell Primo. And Primo is just so disgusted. He's like, she's a criminal. I want to talk to her. <laughs> she wants some more starches? How about some mashed potatoes to go with the more starch? Yeah, it's, you, you get, it's a really good opening scene to really set up everything in the film like i find there's sometimes films that where like it takes forever to really learn the relationship between the characters what the film's gonna be about but they did it so well in this first scene like you get that it's a struggling business you get why it's a struggling business you understand the relationship between the two brothers like it's such a good opening scene yeah and i kind of find that too with movies that are a little bit older like the more i watch even though it's not even that old but I was gonna say, there's a difference than us yeah but there's such a difference in the pacing now mm-hmm. right and and just the type of movie it is right it's a short amount of time that all of these things happen in so you get dropped right into yeah. into the story and you know it right away i like it me too i honestly think it's one of my favorite opening scenes just because like <laughs> it's especially watching it now it's also frustrating for you like, when the customer is asking for all these things, you're like, wait, what? No. <laughs> yeah. And even, like, in our research about the movie, too, they talk about how, like, it was a time in restaurants when people thought the person who you speak to, like, the he- front of the restaurant is the one running the restaurant. And yeah. it wasn't really this idea that the chef or the cook in the back has any say or any kind of vision or attachment to the food. Mm-hmm. And, like, for us now, that's, like, that's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. because a lot of chefs also saw this movie come out and felt so seen they're like that's how I feel about food that's how I want people to know like my food is my art like I'm so attached to it and they were finally kind of represented yeah but yeah so that starts out and then it goes into uh where you start it develops more of kind of where the status is you see secondo going to the bank because they have bank loans to repay and obviously they're struggling because they have like one customer in their restaurant a night um and you kind of get a better kind of grasp about what this movie's gonna be about <laughs> yeah they're they're trying to keep their restaurant open somehow and they do they have one conversation i guess when Secundo gets back from the bank about maybe we've got to adjust the menu a little bit. Yeah. Take off the things that take too long or the ingredients. He's trying to shape it in a way that wasn't just being like, customers don't want this. Americans don't want this. (laughs) Yeah. And then Primo's like, well, what if we, okay, let's, uh, we can take off the risotto. And what if we have, uh, what are they, uh, this is really nice. They seem to like it a lot. A hot dog. so perfect i was actually like this scene like when primo was like he seemed like he was fine taking risotto off and i was like i was like what i was like he's gonna get mad right like i don't understand and then he brings up i was like oh yeah he's mad okay yeah this feels like a trap (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah no i i honestly think i think the relationship between the two brothers is so fun to see unfold and just like develop because like like because it's not just also a relationship between brothers it's also a relationship between business partners and also a relationship between business and art and it's so interesting to see unfold this whole the whole movie yeah there's so many emotions at play in that and even i think their relationship as brothers is so different from some that we see now because like you can see them they really do they get at each other's throats and they really get annoyed with each other but then there's other moments where it's always like oh i gotta talk to my brother about it i gotta talk to my brother yeah they love each other so much yeah they always will go back to each other even if it 
it means they're gonna fight about it or whatever they're gonna go back to each other right yeah but yeah so basically this scene just kind of shows you that they're they're kind of both struggling to appease their american clientele like secundo's really thinking in the business point of view of like how do we get people in the door in order to remain open but primo's doesn't want to give up his art and what he does and the authentic taste of where he grew up yeah and they don't really come to a solution yet no (laughs) so you're kind of like i don't know what's gonna happen here and maybe a few days pass or it's later in the night and they kind of i like this scene where they part ways that one night and they're talking about the two girls. Like, mm-hmm. Pr- Secundo's like, I'm going to go see Phyllis. And Primo's like, oh, that's not... And he's kind of, like, just letting it hang. And he's like, well, do you want to go have, like, a double date with the woman from the flower shop? And yeah. and I don't know what it was about that scene. It felt like it could have been improvised. And they were just trying to make each other laugh in that moment. Right? It was such a wonderful scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just felt like it was them talking. And at least one of them was trying not to laugh. Yeah. Um, I will say, I love Mini Driver in this film so much. I mean, I love Mini Driver in general, but like her in this movie, she was just so wonderful. I loved her character. I love her. It's just, she was such a nice addition to this film. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't really know what to expect from her character at all, but she becomes like just such an honest representation of a woman who's just kind of like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But also at this point, too, we start to see a little glimpse of their rival restaurant. And like, so there's an Italian restaurant across the street from them that's always busy, essentially. And it is very packed and very full. And like, you you start to wonder, like, what are the differences here and what are they doing? Like, why is this restaurant who's literally across the street from them so successful? <laughs> yeah. And the first time we do see that restaurant... You think, oh, it's just from afar. We're not really going to understand it at all. And then next thing you know, Secunda's just like walking into the restaurant, walking yeah. into Pascal's restaurant after hours. And you're like, does Primo know about this? <laughs> uh, uh, Secunda really feels like a regular here. What's going on? Yeah. At first I was like, when he like goes to the restaurant, I was like, oh, he's checking it out for the first time. Yeah. And then like as that scene unfolded, I was like, oh no, people know him. He goes here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, does Primo, how much of us does Primo know? And like, what's the play here? Yeah, I really found myself the more and more this film went on being like, what about Primo? What? No. (laughs) Or even I was like, does the restaurant know that Secundo owns the other restaurant? Like even that. (laughs) But then we get to the scene where Secundo's in the back office with Pascal, the guy who owns the restaurant. It's very eccentric. Yeah, that's a good word. Which, my goodness, I, so they start having this pep talk about business. Like, it sounds like Pascal is almost trying to help Secundo with his business and give him some advice. Because they both kind of, you know, started Italian restaurants, want to make it in America, live the dream. And he's trying to give Secundo this pep talk. And (laughs) Pascal's like, you got to bite your teeth into the ass of life. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm writing that one down for sure. (laughs) It was an interesting, like, it took a turn that I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I don't understand what's going to happen in this movie. Like, you really don't know what to make of Pascal. Can you trust him? To be honest, I still don't, even after watching the full movie, I still don't know what to make of him. Yeah. And like, why is he just like, 
he's on another level like i get it he's just like living life he's got a booming restaurant but he kind of he offers to help yeah there was this one line uh where he talks about like how to appease basically american uh customers and he basically says after a long day of work i don't know the exact words but after a long day of work um he doesn't want to look on his plate and say what the fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) he wants to be familiar with the food so like going back to that like first scene that you remember with the risotto of like the woman being like but i ordered I thought expecting something else, but then got this, all this kind of stuff. You start to kind of understand the, the world that Secondo and Primo have opened a business in. (laughs) Yeah. So does it almost kind of frame Pascal as like the sellout a little bit? Like he's really just like, whatever is business, whatever makes money. Right. I, I think so. Yeah. He basically said, there's this other line that he says, he's basically, you have to give people what they want. And then later you can give them what you want. So basically, like, get them in, give them exactly what they ask for. And then when they love you, that's when you can start introducing things that you like. You kind of have to sacrifice yourself for a little bit in order to make it. And then you can start introducing newer things, which, like, is a line that I feel like anybody who is in a new place or, like, creating something can understand. Mm. Like, yeah. we, we even struggled with that at the beginning. We were like, what do people want? What Like, what's going to bring people in? And then we just got fed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it was a line that, like, again, still can't figure out this character, but I could relate to a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that scene kind of concludes because Pascal starts talking about, like, pointing to these pictures of celebrities on his wall. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I got... Humphrey Bogart in my restaurant. This is how I did it. I wined and dined him all these ways. Yeah. And he's like, I will get Louis Primo. Prima? Yeah, Louis Prima. Louis Prima, I think. Louis Prima, like a ba- his band. Yeah. They're going to come to your restaurant. It's going to be a big thing. And then people will hear about it. And then it'll help you guys, you know, grow. You'll finally yeah. get your moment. I was like watching that scene. I was like, oh, it's 1950s influencer marketing. Yeah, really? <laughs> Yes, it totally is. I was like, let's bring someone famous. They'll take a photo there and it's good. You'll be popular. A tale as old as time. Yeah, influencer marketing is not new. (laughs) So that's kind of where like that night ends. We know that this is kind of like Secundo's last chance to make something, to make it work because really they can't pay their bills and he's not going to ask anybody for money. I think that scene, you kind of get a better glimpse of what Secondo wants to be. Like, because I think he wants to be, what? what's the guy's name again? Pascal. Pascal. I think he wants to be a Pascal. He wants to be someone who can have a bustling restaurant every night, afford a really nice car, have a beautiful wife, all this. Kind, like, he wants to be that person. Um, so I think you kind of get a glimpse more into Sec- who Secondo is or who the, he wants to be in that scene because he's basically like... It looks like he's, like, living for everything Pascal says, basically. Yeah. So, and then there's this one line, too, where I think you get a better glimpse of both of them, who Pascal is and who Secondo wants to be, is where it says, it's never too much, it's always not enough. So, like, I and I was just one of those things, it's kind of that, the whole idea of the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. You never have enough. You just gotta more, keep more, working. More. Yeah. That's the whole thing behind the American dream. So, you kind of understand where, what Secondo wants 
from this restaurant. You don't really get exactly Primo yet. Like you're, you obviously got a glimpse of Primo's all about the art and bringing his cuisine to America. But like Secondo is about making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just like eating up what Pascal's saying, right? It feels like he doesn't fully know who he is yet. So he's like really, really susceptible to like, ooh, this look, I want all this. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah. And then I, I really like, I think it's basically the next morning and probably the next scene when he they're in he's in the car with Primo and talking about having to do this. And the thing I really like that Primo says is they should come just for the food. Yeah, I wrote that down too. <laughs> Which like, isn't that just how every chef or every creator or every entrepreneur entrepreneur wishes they didn't have to turn to these like gimmicks and marketing tricks like just come for the good quality stuff it's here yeah no 100% like I think anybody who's ever tried to start their own business or is a creative or whatever it is can relate to that they should just come because it's good they shouldn't have to come because you know we're this gimmicky thing and all this kind of stuff or an artist is coming here or this is coming like it it's everyone can relate to that yep but then uh, the next thing I have written down is Primo being awkward with the florist. Oh my god, me too. It's so adorable and hilarious. <laughs> that scene, I was like, okay, I love Primo so much. <laughs> He's such a wonderful human. He like fully just shoves himself in a flower <laughs> fridge. <Yeah. laughs> it is so wonderful. And the florist, this, so this is a florist he's a crush on, played by Alice and Janney, who's amazing. Yep. Um, I've also, also, I've never seen her anything not like in the last 10 15 years so i've never seen her this young in anything yeah it was very cool to see her like i don't know when her career started i have no idea how old she was but it was cool cool to see her more at the beginning of her career yeah agreed and i she just felt like i loved the way she kind of complimented primo's character Mm -hmm. they were just like two kind of like she wasn't as awkward as he was but two kind of awkward people but like she understood the strive for the art because yeah. you know she's a florist um but yeah it was just such it was such a cute scene i loved it so much i know like they're really setting us up to be team primo a lot of the way along right which i mean the whole time i was team primo how can you not be <laughs> yeah um but yeah so secondo before that told him to like invite the florist what was her name again Anne. Anne, to invite Anne basically to the party that they were going to have for this musician, all this stuff. And then Primo chickens out, basically, and it's adorable. Yeah. What are you going to do tonight? I'm going to read. Okay, enjoy your book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was it was really, really cute scene. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it has nothing to do with food. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of felt relatable. <laughs> oh, definitely. Just like when he crawled, when he just like, is reaching into the flower <laughs> window or cabinet or whatever, and he's like really in behind the door. I was like, yes. <laughs> I could not. I was like, everyone's done something weird and awkward and embarrassing in front of someone they like before. And this is so incredibly relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just so cute. I loved it so much. But yeah, so basically the next couple scenes are them kind of getting ready well, a big chunk of the next film is them getting ready for, quote unquote, the big night. Yeah, because already we're into the prep. Like, they went to get the flowers for this big guest, this big yeah. night. The rest of the movie takes place basically over 24 hours. 
exactly that's what i mean like they really they dump you right in and the action's right there yeah um so you see them getting like ingredients um the basil delivery when the the basil is just not good enough it was an it was a very interesting scene because i think stanley tucci did such a good job like really cementing what the relationship was between the two of them as business partners and brothers um because so primo was like inspecting a basil delivery and he said it's not good enough it's wilted the leaves aren't big enough all this kind of stuff and basically secondo was just like well it's all we have we need to use it (laughs) yeah yeah we're just gonna have to make do but as it as all of this starts to progress like you really i mean i don't think we ever doubted it but you know that primo is kind of skeptical of this whole thing Mm -hmm. he's like i don't really like i don't get it but okay we're gonna cook this big meal and there's even like phyllis comes to help them as well and Mm -hmm. primo is explaining to her that pasta is one of the most important things in the world and like why it's so important anytime primo gets to talk about food is so fun i love it like he's poetic about it yeah it fills me with so much joy right yeah, and he, like anytime he talks about food or like and you see a glimpse of him like making food for people, it makes you like think back to be like, oh, yeah, like this is like this isn't just a movie. This is like chefs at like every restaurant you can think of that are just passionate about food and want people to like food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we also we finally get like a cooking montage when they're yeah. making the pasta from scratch. Yes, uh, which was so fun. I really, really loved the scene. I liked the way it was shot. Again, you're not going to learn anything necessarily about food from this movie or how to make pasta, but you get to, you almost just get to sit in the joy of cooking. You just, you feel so relaxed in that scene and so amazed. (laughs) Yeah, and because up until this point, it was kind of like, okay, we know it's a food movie and it's all about this restaurant we haven't seen a lot of cooking we've just kind of seen little hints of cooking throughout so i was kind of wondering like how much cooking are we going to get and then once we get that scene too all i could think about was so who is kind of like directing all of this movement it's like it's i'm imagining a lot of it is stanley right because Mm -hmm. he loves food and like a lot of this is coming from his heart and his vision so i just i love looking at the food scenes and thinking of like what his thought process was in how to show all this and i thought he did such a good job with the movements he chose to do most of it was shot like overhead at least of the pasta making portion and i thought that was a very cool choice to do because it kind of the camera kind of moves with the movement of Mm -hmm. people's hands and like the ingredients and i think it's so fun yeah it's like really choreographed all of it right i love it it's almost like a nice dance like you're following a care like it's just it's so it's so such a joy to watch yeah which is probably like exactly what they were going for right because Mm -hmm. they want you to feel this way that like making food is passion yeah it's a form of art it's a form of expression it's not just to fill you up and nourish you (laughs) and this is uh before we actually get to the pasta making scene they talk about like kind of what to make and he brings up timpano uh, and basically, Secondo like doubts it, saying it'll take too long. But then I think there was, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Primo's like, you said this is a big night, right? So like, let's go all out. Let's do it. And mm-hmm. he seems to, like, at that point, he seems to finally find joy in this big night that's happening. The night that he was kind of didn't want to do, but he was like, oh my God, I can make this really amazing dish that I've wanted to share with people. 
Exactly. It's like he's not really sure about the motives behind it, but if it's an opportunity to go all out with the menu and really get to express himself, now he's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm in for this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they end up making timpano, which you see more of later in the film, but it looks incredible. Seriously, so epic in when they were first making it because it's got like this kind of pasta crust to it right and they're just kind of throwing everything into the crust it looks so random as they're throwing some of the stuff in like the hard-boiled eggs and stuff you're not really sure Mm -hmm. what it's going to turn out to be but I I was just so curious by that whole process yeah I've had like similar things not quite it like there's timpano which is a Maltese version of it Uh, I've never actually had it myself, but I've had like a similar version to it growing up, which is like a baked pasta and things like that with like a meat sauce and all that kind of stuff. So I am very excited. That is hopefully a recipe we'll be making at some point in the future. Oh my gosh. So stay tuned for that. But yes, the scene, it was, it was, it's one of the, I feel like because this movie is supposed to take place in the fifties and like risotto is something that you would never think was weird to an American. So like that part was kind of like, oh, I haven't really seen anything new i think timpana is the first thing that we see that or timpano sorry is the first thing that we see that was like kind of interesting and new and mm-hmm. i was like like even though i kind of knew briefly about timpan uh timpana i just like i was like oh this is so it's so cool to see a glimpse into italian cuisine that really isn't hugely popular still in america yeah like risotto is definitely mainstream now but timpano is is not so yeah it was really really cool to actually see like a little bit of a glimpse into something different that isn't mainstream now Mm -hmm. so then we kind of get this random break to all that stuff right because um secunda's like oh i gotta go get the booze i gotta go get stuff i gotta go gets a phone call yes so he has to leave (laughs) i'm gonna say i verbally gasped well, like, there's this moment when he first leaves the restaurant and you see him driving past Pascal's. Yes. And a random oh, yeah. chef comes out in the alleyway and he's on fire. Yeah. And, like, so he takes off his apron. His apron is on fire. He throws it on the ground and he walks away. And you just see, like, Secundo's, like, turning his neck the whole way, watching this all happen. Pascal comes out. They eventually... Yeah, Schreiber comes out. Totally forgot that he was in this film. Right. And then they, they kind of make really brief eye contact. And it's like, what did I just see? What did I yes. just see? What is going on here? And then I verbally gasped. <laughs> verbally gasped. because I I was watching this on my computer while Hetra was like watching hockey. And I'm like there and I'm like, oh my God, no. <laughs> Secondo is like, shady. I, Secondo, what are you? So we come to learn that Secondo is having an affair with Pascal's wife. And I'm really upset about it because I love Mini Driver. Yeah, I I didn't really see that coming. I re- I didn't. I wish it wasn't in the movie, but you know you got to add the levels of drama to it. Yeah. So he goes to he goes and does that, and then he's got to go and get the booze. And um, what is her name? Gabriella. That's yeah. Isabella Rossellini. She is like gets him the hookup with the cheap booze so he goes to get that but the booze aren't ready so then he randomly wanders over to a cadillac dealership with the car salesman that he becomes like best friends with (laughs) yeah because this car dealership like this dealer is just like textbook i can sell you yeah i can sell you the watch you're already wearing kind of deal i just yeah i like the 
where he's like he has like a cast on his hand and Sakando's like how'd you break your hand he's like I don't know and just goes back into selling <laughs> I was like okay yeah he's just like truly on his own wavelength and even as Sakando is like talking and telling him things he'll be like oh yeah 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 and then he'll pick up on something else and go on a different tangent kind of thing really intense <laughs> yeah and so they go for a test drive and the whole time like why why are we even seeing this scene what is the purpose of this yeah and then there's like that brief bit of dialogue where it's like you should come to the restaurant tonight park one of you park your cars out front and i'm like oh yeah there but, like, go. this whole time, I was like, oh, my God, Sakanda's going to be taken advantage of mm. because he doesn't speak pure, perfect English, all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, this character just becomes a nice added character to the film. He's, yeah, he just becomes a dinner guest. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Finally, we get back to the restaurant. Yes. And they are cheersing to the big night. Pascal comes by. Yeah, Pascal is there. They're standing at their little bar, which also, this is, I think this is the first time we see that antique espresso machine. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it gets, like, you see them drinking espresso all the time. So much. (laughs) And, like, so much throughout that entire, like, what do we have, like, half a day left at this point? Yeah. Um, So they have, like, a little, yeah, they pour out a little shot of something to cheers to the night. But it kind of gets ruined i guess because primo realizes because something that pascal says that louis prima and his band and everything is pascal's friend so it's like pascal's hookup that is getting them this dinner and he does not respect pascal at all Mm -mm. he he sees right through pascal yeah like so question were you under the impression that pascal did that on purpose like let it slip on purpose i don't i couldn't i still can't figure it out I wasn't, but now, like, having, like, <laughs> finished the movie and thinking it through, he totally was. Yeah? That was, on, I think that was on purpose. Okay. Yeah, and that, because by the end of the movie, I don't trust him at all. So, of course, he would do that. This, like, he's a very interesting character to follow throughout this film, because, like, I don't know what's genuine and what's not, or if any of it's genuine. Wow, I hadn't even thought of it. <laughs> So Primo gets really, really upset and basically goes on this rant about how he's ruining cuisine, authentic cuisine. Yeah, like he hates the food that Pascal is serving at his restaurant every night. Like he's butchering Mm -hmm. food and just no respect for anything that Pascal does in his restaurant, which I think he sees Pascal as a sellout and not. Mm -hmm. Yeah only in it for the money so primo has that whole rant and then basically leaves the restaurant right yeah he goes and talks to his barber friend alberto yeah and he also rants there yeah but then you also get this scene where primo gets a phone call at the barber shop yeah yeah from his uncle in italy and and yeah which i assumed was in italy yes and ends up being in italy yes um but you get it's kind of mysterious but you kind of understand what's going on and it's basically that like he's there's like this opportunity for him where his uncle works but he has to talk to secondo because they came here together and you kind of get the idea that primo doesn't want to stay here yeah it's like an added layer because you know secondo does Sakando has said it in the past in this film that he doesn't want to leave. He'll never leave America. So you, it's this added layer of, oh, my goodness, Prima wants to leave, though. 
Yeah, Primo's like really, this isn't for him, not working for him. But again, it goes back to him. Well, I gotta talk to my brother about it. I gotta talk. We came here together. Yeah, talk to him. It's it's like it's a weird relationship, but it's also like a loving relationship. Yeah, because like they are so mad at each other at that point. Well, Primo is so mad at that point, but still, I think it also like it comes with working with working in business with people that you love, whether it's a friend or a. family member um so i think you see that dynamic really well of they still love each other so much as brothers but like as business partners they don't really work that well together mm-hmm. yeah oh and then you get back so primo eventually comes back very quietly and just starts prepping yeah it's like when you, when you come back from a fight you don't just you don't talk about it yeah it's just silent <laughs> we're just gonna go back and doing what we do and then eventually we'll just make conversation about nothing and just right, move right past that whole fight. Yeah. Um, and then, so the Anne comes back, Floris, to deliver her flowers. Yes. And Primo eats basil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Well, first, Anne has to come and deliver the flowers before Primo comes back. And Secundo is like, aren't you coming to the party tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, and Secundo realizes that Primo didn't invite her, so he invites her. And then we're back at the restaurant and... Primo finds out that Anne has arrived for the dinner party and he's all like he's all nervous and he, yeah he grabs some basil it just like shoves it on. in his mouth oh yeah he I assume it was like to make sure his breath was fresh was basil like the same way yeah. you would chew on mint or something yeah uh but yeah I was just I could not like it was like this everything about him trying to flirt and like balance <laughs> yeah. this relationship with this florist Anne is so incredibly relatable <laughs> i know and part of me was like is that sh- should i try that with basil is that like a thing <laughs> devin just keeps shoving basil in her mouth but i like how he chews it and then he also checks his teeth because that was my second yeah. thought like well you're gonna get basil in your teeth now what are you doing <laughs> yeah no it was a very cute scene i'm not gonna lie we start seeing even more cre- creepy side to pascal he starts he's just so creepy with like mini driver and like everybody yeah anybody every woman every yeah every woman that he talks to he just feels like he's doing too much <laughs> yeah. it's too close and it's not just because we've been in a panini and we've been six feet apart that suddenly we're like whoa he sat down right beside her and he put he's whispering in her ear all of a sudden like no that's <laughs> weird no matter what yeah super weird <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so guests start arriving pascal and his wife um gabriella arrive all this kind of stuff tensions start to rise because i'm assuming this is the first time that gabriella is in the same room as secondo and his girlfriend yeah so you've got them arriving you've got Anne there you've got somebody from a newspaper a reporter is there uh you've got alberto you know the barber you've got a few randos that I don't think we were introduced to before the film, right? Yeah, there's like a few kind of familiar faces, but you're kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of maybe saw you in passing in other scenes, but you're invited to the party. So, and everybody's just kind of getting wined and dined for now. Yeah. Like it's a lot of Eating booze. some apps. Yeah, exactly. There's no big food, but they've got a, a, a good table of little like snacky stuff. A, and they're- A lot of food. Yeah. And the booze are flowing. <laughs> Yes, it's a great party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, th- they eat apps for a while because 
this musician who's supposed to show up is running late. Yeah. We assume. Yeah, you start to get the idea like, oh, this isn't just like them making sure they try the appetizers and everything. This is them trying to like kill time. And people are getting a little bit drunk because they're drinking so much and there's not a little bit drunk coming out. Like, (laughs) yeah, there's like dance parties happening. Yeah, it honestly seems like such a fun time. Yes, once this party starts and I'm just like, wow, everyone dressed so nice and they're all just eating and drinking and having such a fun time together, even though like not all of them would have known each other before. They It just, it looks like such a fun time. Yeah, and like the car salesman is doing his car salesman-y thing. <laughs> yeah, he takes Pascal out for a <laughs> test drive. Yeah. Like even that scene where they run off to do the test drive, I'm like, Am I watching, like, it gave me vibes of, like, a high school movie or, like, a college movie where, like, we're going to run off and do this thing. We'll be right back. Yeah. (laughs) They were just, like, children. Yes. Yeah. But then there's a scene. I don't know how far after it is. It's the next thing I've written down where Primo is cooking in the kitchen with Anne. Mm -hmm. It's such a sweet scene. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, they're just having fun he's just enjoying life and you finally see Primo start to like kind of enjoy himself a little bit more outside of just like when he's talking about food yeah it's so lovely and she's talking about like how her mom would always cook with cream and stuff like that and then he gives her some of the sauce or whatever he was preparing to try yeah it's just it's such a like nice scene to break up all this like partying and drunk people where you're just like oh this is so sweet you really understand more about his passion for food uh there's one line where he basically says to eat good food is to be close to god oh which like as somebody who doesn't believe in god i still love that line (laughs) yeah same same. it feels accurate even i think just before he says that line he's telling Anne about lasagna and lasagna bolognese that he had in his like back home and how incredible it is and he was like it's it's so good that you can't live like it's just it's so good that it consumes you you can't live after that because like you've that's the peak it's the best (laughs) i was like yes talk about food like that all the time i literally feel like we've said that about food right (laughs) it was such a sweet scene and a nice like breakup especially because like one of the scenes after that is phyllis and gabriella outside and they're both like you it's this complete opposite where you have this really sweet relationship between Anne and primo and then you've got this weird love triangle that doesn't realize that not everyone realizes is a love triangle and like affair and all this stuff going on outside the restaurant (laughs) and again i'm getting such high school college vibes like you've got the girl the sweet girl who has drank too much and now she's puking outside and they've got like the the other woman come out like oh are you okay and she's just like all cool calm and collected and just like that dynamic too just felt like such in this party cliche yeah then we finally get to the food yes because they've decided they've waited long enough they just have to start because it's like i don't remember what the time was at this point but like they were eating for a long time in this film I don't even know how they were still awake, honestly. I know. <laughs> so yeah, they decide to start eating. And I really like the way this film starts the courses because it kind of breaks it up into acts. Like mm-hmm. it breaks up the courses and all stuff. And it's they don't really stay on one for too long, but you get what you need to get out of each one. 
Yeah, you kind of get like the reaction and the sense of how they felt about the food and the food being served. Yeah, like all the all that you get on the first co- course, which is a soup, it looks like, is just people smiling basically and like enjoying themselves. No words at all, really. No. The scene where it's literally you just hear spoons and like people being like, mm, like I was like, wow, like I can actually understand how good that food must be. Where you're just like, you have no time to talk. You're just eating. (laughs) And because it felt like such a contrast too. Like they had been going, 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 drinking, getting all like riled up and then sit them down and find like some soup. And it's just like, okay, yeah, this is good. All right. Yeah. (laughs) And then the second course was risotto. Yes. The three different types of risotto. Yes. Which also, I had no idea this is how risotto was served. Me neither. Where it's like a big communal plate and then they scoop it on. Because you also see that in the opening scene yeah. where they scoop the risotto onto the guest plate. I had no idea. Yeah, like a big like platter size plate. And you've got like a row of the pesto risotto, a row of the seafood risotto, and then a row of just like the regular risotto. And he'll serve like a little bit of it to each person. Mm-hmm. That was like a cool thing that I think one of the... Th- food knowledge things that i took out being like oh risotto isn't just served here's your plate of risotto it's actually it's more of this family style uh communal thing which like that is so much risotto to make oh my god i know well they were cooking all day like the whole time they're cooking throughout this day leading up to the meal it's like wow they've started like right in the morning they're still cooking a lot like this is intense this whole time like because the prep all the prep is like a really big chunk of the film and i was just like Wait, when did they start? I was like, there's points where I'm like, okay, the dinner must be starting soon and there, there, there's more prep. Or he goes to get the booze and I was like, wait, what time is it? Right? <laughs> okay, so then we have the timpano being served. But like first you get this peek into the kitchen where they're yes. just like, they're freaking out. They're so nervous about it. Like, oh no, it's too hot. No, we have to serve it now. No, we, we have to wait. Uh, do you think it's yeah. okay? They take the, the pot off, like reveal it. And they're like putting their ears to it and like tapping on it and all these things. And just like how nervous they were the whole time about getting it right. It's like, I feel so seen. This is how I react with even the smallest thing I'm serving. Yeah. it's And it's also just one of those like like no no temperature was taken it was all like by sound let's feel it let's like it's that passion of just like we just we know what it's supposed to feel like we know what it's supposed to look like we know what it's supposed to smell like we know what it's supposed to sound like all the same stuff that i thought was just so cool yeah like you know that they know that dish better than anybody else so they're they like they're confident in that but on the other side of that they also know that no one out there has had this dish yet so they want to make sure it's at its best and they get it right and also like i love so when they bring it out i love that around the table it's basically treated like an urban legend they're like oh that's tapano yeah that's like it's like this thing that like people have heard of but they've never actually seen in person (laughs) some secret recipe from their hometown it's such a fun way to like talk about food yeah yeah and then so people start like eating it and digging into their pieces and then you have the most pascal reaction (laughs) that you could get yeah he stands up like he he looks mad he just looks really he gets up from his chair and he walks up to primo and he's like this is so fucking good i should kill you (laughs) what like i want someone to tell me that about my food (laughs) Damn it, I'll be sure to tell you that. I'll be sure to threaten your life. 
<laughs> oh, it's so intense. Like, as much as it was so intense, it was also just so, like, it's like when food is that good, you literally don't know what to say. So, like, you can understand it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you also kind of get this, I don't know, like, I feel like it was the one kind of redeeming point of Pascal where he's like, he kind of realized what he was missing by changing up his menu to appease, like, American clientele, where he was like, oh, my God, I've never, like, I own a restaurant and I've never tasted anything this good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, so Pascal does know what good food tastes like. Yeah. And you almost kind of like see the point where you almost kind of, it feels like he, he misses it. Like mm-hmm. he's like, oh, like he's been in this world for so long of like changing his menu, making sure to give customers what they want, that he almost kind of forgot good food exists until he had this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But then we get on to the fourth course, which is basically a bunch of things. It's like almost a whole other dinner. Yeah, it's like a family-style meal with a bunch of vegetables, a whole roasted fish. There's so many things. I don't know how they ate so much food. No, like such big plates of all the food. I thought the timpano was the main course. And then all of a sudden the main course comes out. (laughs) So yeah, they made a ridiculous amount of food for this party. And then there's even like one more course after that, which is completely like not vegan friendly. Because they bring out like the roasted pig, right? Yeah. Well, that was the scene where it was everybody was like so stuffed and like tired and like, you know, that feeling when you've just eaten so much food, you can't move. And then this roast pig comes out and they're like, oh, my God, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, I, I love the transition from you see them finally get that last course. And then it opens with the woman crying because her mother was such a terrible cook. And now she has yeah. realized like just how terrible I wrote that line down where my mother was such a terrible cook. And I was like, she's like finally realizing that like, oh my God, I've never tasted food this good before. Right? And again, it's playing on like such a typical, oh, you got too drunk and now you're crying about something silly. Except it's that her mom was such a terrible cook and this is what food is supposed to be. Yeah. I think, um, but one of the things that stood out to me in this, like, aftermath of the dinner, where it's starting to seem like it's winding down, is that Primo is finally, like, in his element. He's enjoying himself. He's having so much fun. He's bonding, like, with all the guests and everything. He's happy with his food. And Secondo's just disappointed. I Even know. though it was a really successful night, but we come to realize this whole time you're distracted by all the food, but the musician guy never showed up. Yeah. No, I do. I love that contrast because I love that we get to see Primo actually feel comfortable finally and enjoy himself because this is all that he needs, you know, to feel successful is to have people enjoy his food. And you're right. Secundo is just like not having it. He's not enjoying himself at at any point. When does Secundo yeah. even have fun? Yeah. The whole time you kind of get that Secundo is kind of just like looking out the window waiting for this guy to come even when he's serving guests like you kind of like he's not fully in it he's just like waiting for who was supposed to be here the guest of honor to come who never ends up coming yeah Um, so he's just very disappointed and it leads to another scene i audibly gasped at (laughs) yeah and so like at this point everyone's basically in a food coma and it's also 3 (laughs) a.m i've never had a dinner last so long and I was like, how are you all still awake? And like, some of them are still kind of chipper. Yeah, I would love if if there was ever like a question where like, what fictional character do you want to cook for you? Primo. Primo is the one. Right. That's who I want to cook for me because 
the aftermath like i i want to be in that kind of food coma it looked amazing yeah so you've got like everyone passing out at the table basically or just being really food coma loopy and then secundo and gabriella in the back talking because like he's all sad and she's all like i don't care about any of this everyone's playing games or whatever i'm not into it i'm too cool for that yeah she's a cool girl in school yeah yeah and then of course they get caught they kissing kiss. bye and phyllis phyllis sees them i feel so bad for phyllis this entire film yeah because you also get the sense that like she knows she shouldn't be putting up with any of secundo's yeah. bullshit because like yeah we didn't really talk about it but at the beginning of the film too like he's very distant with her as well like even when they're like making out in the back of a car yeah he's so like weird. he's just very distant she just wants to like connect with him but he doesn't really seem to care you come to learn real afterwards that he's in an affair with somebody else but like it's just so sad the whole time their relationship yeah and so she runs off phyllis runs off secundo follows and i guess eventually everyone ends up following them they go down to the beach but before that, we learn about oh, yeah. uh, Pascal. Oh, yeah. There's a, this. Yeah. After Phyllis runs out. And I don't think uh, things not there either. Secondo runs after Phyllis. Mm-hmm. But there's the scene where Gabriella, Isabella Rossellini's character, basically looks at Pascal and says, why don't you tell your new friend uh, what you did or something like that? Yeah. And we come to learn. And he's talking. she's talking about Primo at this point. And we come to learn that Pascal never actually invited his musician friend in that he was never going to come and it was all kind of for nothing and like it just solidifies your hate for pascal <laughs> yeah I, I i knew i shouldn't have been surprised in that moment but i was like really man yeah come on but yeah so basically uh primo's really upset as expected like he didn't really show a lot of emotion because i think he seemed disappointed but not surprised but not surprised because also like I think at this point too like he still enjoyed himself he still got to cook amazing food because that's that was the whole point to him anyways that he got to cook his food but I think any disappointment that he showed was probably for his brother exactly because his brother was like banking on this basically yeah he's like well now I'm gonna have to go tell Secundo what you've done <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah and then it gets to everybody's running after uh secondo and phyllis essentially yeah phyllis is in the ocean she's gone for a swim which again (laughs) kind of relatable yeah you know you get sad or mad you just run away and want to be in the ocean (laughs) yeah you don't really know what to do but you just like need a change yeah um and so secundo's like trying to get her to come out of the water finally she comes out of the water and she's just like i'm done goodbye which, like, I was so proud of her in that Me too. moment. I was so... There was a, a like, a fraction of a second where I was like, oh, my God, she's going to take him back. Oh, don't do it, Phyllis. Don't. But no, she lived She lived up to what I was hoping she would do. And a part of me, too, was like... Because when she gets out of the ocean, she's just, like, wearing her slip and basically yeah. her underwear that was under her dress. It's like, man, she looks amazing, Secundo. I hope that you regret everything. Right? Yeah. And she's just such a wonderful human being. Yeah. This whole film. She was excited for you. She was helping you cook, helping you prep for your, the big night. It was I just like, Secundo, you're such a douche. So she's like, I'm out of here. And I also like, okay, we haven't even talked about throughout the entire movie, Mark Anthony. But like, <laughs> so as Phyllis is leaving, she's still like dripping wet and kind of like in her see-through yeah. underwear. So he gives her his like chef's coat to like kind of cover her. 
But I just love how Mark Anthony is kind of like awkwardly in all of these scenes, just kind of like, yeah. He's just there. I'm around. I'm like the one employee. Like, okay, you guys are doing your thing. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was like a nice little, because again, you don't really learn much about his character or anything. You just learn that he's the sole employee of their business. Um, But it was just, it was a nice humanizing moment for him. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Primo has to confront Secunda and tells him about Pascal. It leads to this whole fight between them. Fight in the sand. Yeah, they really they just like wrestle. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go back and forth. I didn't write down everything, so I don't remember. But basically, everything from the movie gets brought up in this like final fight between the two of them. Yeah, it's one of those fights where you end up fighting about everything because you let so many fights just kind of like hang and never yeah. really solve them. Yeah. Uh, so they're just going back and forth about everything that each other has been doing that frustrates them. And Primo's like, I want to go back. You know, our uncle has a job for both of us. Yeah. Secondo's upset that Primo's not willing to sacrifice a little bit to make it work here. Um, and then I did write one line down from it. It said, if I sacrifice my work, it dies. Yeah. Which I was like, wow, that is such an artist thing to say. Yeah, because Primo's like, if I'm gonna work, it has to be, like, the work that means something to me. Like, that's, to me, what he's saying in that moment, right? Yeah. He's, I can't, work is such a big part of me because it's my art, and I can't. It's, like, something, like, if I sacrifice my work, it dies, and then I'm, like, and if that, it dies, I may as well die. Exactly, yeah. It's, like, you... Like, the whole movie, you can understand his passion and why he doesn't want to sacrifice on his work. But, like, he finally puts it into words. And you're like, yes. Yes, Primo. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like everybody has those thoughts at some point in their life. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's just, like, it's just, it's so hard to change your passion. Mm -hmm. And sacrifice any little bit of it. Yeah. And then, honestly, I ended this fight scene with Primo loves his brother so much, it's unbelievable. Like, they both do. But, like, I just, like, Primo has so much love for his brother, it's not fair. Yeah. Because they they just kind of, like, the fight just kind of ends, and Primo walks away with Anne, leaves Secundo on the beach. And then, like, our final scene is basically just all of them eating eggs in the kitchen. And no one has slept. Clearly, no one has still slept. Yeah, completely quiet. Yeah, Mark Anthony slept on the island. Yeah. <laughs> the Butcher Block Islands. It's So yeah, it's basically just like another one of those the morning after a fight, everyone's quiet, no one wants to make the first word, they just eat breakfast. Yeah. And they they like wrap their arms around each other while they're eating and that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Yeah, it ends there. Um so you don't really get a lot of closure in this film i'm gonna say like it's one of my things that, like i am somebody who needs closure in films like i want to know where the story ends mm-hmm. um you don't get that from this film yeah but i wonder too like even though like as much as it's i don't know because it's about this struggle in the restaurant business between business and the art of food and then it's also like the struggle of these brothers and trying to make it happen in america and it's like one side of that was maybe answered a little bit more than the other Mm -hmm. right so maybe they just they couldn't answer both or they didn't want to answer both stanley i need answers let's go talk to him (laughs) but yeah no honestly it was it was a very wonderful film to watch and i really enjoyed it 
I would watch again. And I would recommend you watch it too. And like, listen, I I like sleep, but this made me want to have a dinner party until 4 a.m. Oh my goodness, yes. I was like, wow, I, I just like, I want to go to a bar. I want to go to a restaurant. I just want to hang out with friends. Like, oh my God, I just want to have one of those nights where you're just out all night. Yeah, but like... I just like the way it was in, they had the whole restaurant to themselves, which I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. But it, was, <laughs> it just felt like the perfect little party where you feel like you've got a, a big party, even though it's not that many people. But it's just the energy yeah. was perfect and so much food and so much drinking and dancing and laughing. I'm like, let's do that. Yeah, it was so wonderful. Highly recommend. You can rent it on YouTube for pretty cheap, which is what we did. But yeah, I just, I really enjoyed, because this, like you said at the beginning, this is such a different uh, food movie or TV show than we would normally watch. But it was just, it was so, it was nice to focus on, because like, food isn't just about food. It's also about the restaurant business and relationships and stories. And I feel like this was like another side to the food world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because I think with us two, part we kind of understand some of those struggles on a level right like we just want to make food but we also have to make sure people see the food and the food reaches the audience and so there's always that struggle Uh, yeah i will say i think this like not that neither of us are restaurateurs and the struggle of being a restaurateur anywhere is incredibly difficult i can't even imagine it but like the idea of trying not to sacrifice your passion to get attention or money or whatever it is is relatable yeah it's like primo said they should just come for the food yeah come for the food (laughs) stay Stay for for the the puns that's what i was gonna say (laughs) come for the food stay for the puns oh yeah uh but yeah no definitely highly highly recommended film yeah if you do watch it or you have watched it let us know your thoughts and let us know any other movies or shows that you want us to check out because like we said at the beginning we really do enjoy this segment this little series yeah um we have a long list of other ones but we also welcome like obviously our list is ones that we've heard of or at least one of us has seen but i actually loved that we neither of us had seen this film or really knew much about it so if there's more that you think we don't know about like send those our way because i definitely want to do more where neither of us have seen these films before yeah and if you want to check out any of our recipes they are at twomarketgirls.com we are twomarketgirls on youtube and all of the socials make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes and that's all for us the spider is now like on the top (laughs) of my laptop like if it started crawling down it'll crawl right across the camera